In our series, Joyful, we've been looking at Luke chapter 2, which is the Christmas story. This is a promise that came from, from really from the Old Testament that one day that there, would become, there would come a Savior. And Luke chapter 2 is the, the herald of this first announcement. It's in Luke 2, verse 10. And it says this, and the angel said to them, everybody help me here. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you what? I give you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, all the people. people. Look at someone next to you. Tell them you look joyful. Come on, tell them. We got to, we've been doing this for three weeks. Joyful. Don't stress the full. You just look joyful. Okay. It's good. I'm glad you're, glad you're in the house. And uh, the Bible says that we were glad when they said to us, go to the house of the Lord. I hope you're excited to be here. But this is a, a passage of scripture that encourages us that the arrival of Jesus also came the arrival of joy. That Jesus and joy are a package deal. You don't get Jesus. If you get Jesus, you get joy. If you want joy, you got to have Jesus. They are a package deal. They come together. And it's not only you just get some joy, you don't get partial joy, you get great joy. Joy, And so to recap those that maybe weren't here over the last two weeks, I just want to give you a quick rundown. So if you want to go back and watch any of these messages or listen to them, you're more than welcome to do it. But in week one, we really just looked at the difference between joy and happiness. What's the difference? Because there is a difference. Happiness is based off of what's happening, but joy is based off of Jesus. Happiness is based off of external things. Everything externally has to be good for me to be happy, but for me to have joy, everything externally can be going wrong, but Jesus has done something on the inside of my heart. Joy, 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 joy down in my heart, and that is where it belongs. That's where it comes from. That's where Jesus puts it, and so we looked at the difference between those two things, and then in week two, we talked about what are the things that kill our joy, and what are the things that fill our joy. Now, just by a show of hands, how many of you in here, uh, when you're driving your car and the gas light comes on, uh, you you know what, let me back it up. How many of you don't even let it get to the point where the gas light comes on? Raise your hand if you don't even let it get to the point. Okay, how many of you, when the gas light comes on, you're like me, and it's game on, game on. Come on, somebody, let's go. Who's in here? Game on, right? I'm going to see how many miles I can get out of this thing. I feel like there is some conspiracy that happens with the government and with the oil companies that when that light comes on, they want you to think that you need to fill up, but you really don't need to. There's at least 80 miles up in there somewhere. Come on. And if you just feather it a little bit, put it in neutral when you get into this red stop sign. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, that's, that's, that is me. That, that is me. I'm totally that. And I will be honest to say that over the last two months, I've had to call my wife twice because I had no gas on the side of the road. So uh, when I see that light kick on, I just start singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And my wife thinks I'm an idiot um, for doing that constantly. So uh, I'm getting better at it now, but uh, that's, that's, I'm, a, I'm a game on type of person. I feel like it's a challenge that's there. Now, that being said, I want to ask you a question. If, if, if you could measure your joy tank, how is it right now? Are, are you low? Is the light on? Has the light been on for a while? Or, or are you joyful? Have you, ha, are, are you full of joy. I think right now in the season that we've been in, really for the last 22 months or so, there has just been a season that has unprecedentedly drained our joy tank faster than ever before. And I think if there's any time in any season where we need joy, it is now. Uh, and for many of you that are in this room, uh, you may know what it's like to be running on empty. Uh, maybe it's, that light's been on for a while, and today I, my prayer is that we would begin to see that begin to be refueled and refilled, and that you would walk out of this place um, full of joy. Notice I'm not saying full of happiness, because maybe your circumstances won't change. I guarantee you they probably will not change, especially just in our 30 or 40 minutes together, but I believe that you can change. And if you change, how many know, no matter what comes your way, you can believe that God's for you and that God's with you? I want to read a passage of scripture in John 15, 11. 
Um, these are not in your notes. I added this one last night. This is one that I want us to, to take some attention to. And it says this, these things that I've spoken to you, this is Jesus. These are red letters, by the way. And, and Jesus says this, these things I've spoken to you that, whose joy? My joy. My joy. So this is Jesus speaking. Jesus is saying that, that my joy may, what? Remain. remain in you. That's a huge part there, that it will remain in you, that, that my joy is put in you, but I pray that it would remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So, so I just need you to hear me today, that God's number one desire is that you would have a full joy tank, that his joy would be in you, would fill you, but it would also remain in you. In the 1950s, Random House Publishing published a book that many of us know. A number of years after, it was adopted into a, a TV series, and then movies began to take on. And it was a story about this person who did not like Christmas, and due to him not liking Christmas, he wanted to make sure that nobody else liked Christmas. And that movie is called? The Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah, it's The Grinch. And... How the Grinch Stole Christmas has been a, um, has been a, a Christmas classic, of course, every year. It, it comes on TV every year. And if you, you haven't seen the film, I'm sure most of us in sure have, it involves the Grinch. He attempts to rob the world of the joy of Christmas by robbing the world, robbing Whoville of the presents around the tree. And, and so his attempt to robbing their joys by robbing all these presents. And unlike... The Grinch, I believe there are some spiritual principles we can also apply to our own lives because unlike us having an actual Grinch, how I many know we do have an enemy as well that is looking to rob and steal the joy of Christmas as well. Now, he doesn't rob and steal the joy of Christmas by robbing the presents under your tree. He tries to rob the presence of the man who hung on the tree. And so today, as we look at this, John 10.10 10 tells us about this thief and it says that the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And so today in part three of our series, I want us to look at this idea. And, and if you want to take some notes, go ahead and pull, pull some notes out. You should have gotten some notes when you walked in. Go ahead and pull them out. And I encourage you to, to take some notes. Um, I, I promise you uh, it, it will help you as you write these things down. Uh, a, a pen is much better than a sharp mind because it can write these things down. And uh, I promise you, I don't know if you'll get to heaven, but uh, it'll help you. And so, <laughs> help you not get into heaven, just help you, okay? I want you to write this thought down. Here's, a, here's the big thought of today. Whatever you possess, you must protect. Whatever you possess, you must protect. What I mean by that, over the last two weeks, we've been talking about getting refilled in our joy. It's one thing to get joy. It's another thing to keep joy. It's one thing to get peace. It's another thing to keep peace. It's one thing to get hope. It's another thing to keep hope. I know a lot of people who can get it for the moment, but can't keep it for the lifetime. What does it look like to be followers of Jesus who don't just have joy sporadically, but have joy overflowing, everlasting at all times? How many want to be a person that just doesn't have sporadic joy, but has constant joy, consistent joy, remaining joy? And Jesus says, I hope that my joy is in you and that it remains in you, meaning that there is an opportunity for that joy not to remain, that that joy can drain. There are things in our life that can kind of suck the joy out of our lives. And so today, I want to raise some awareness that there is a thief that is after your joy. Now, why would this thief be after your joy? Good question. If you want to write another thought down, here's why the thief is after your joy. That is because joy is power. Joy is power. Don't believe me, let's go to the word of the Lord. Nehemiah Chapter 8, verse 10 says this, and do not be grieved for the joy of the what? Joy of the Lord is your? 
is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Why is the enemy so after stealing and robbing your joy? Because the enemy knows that your joy is connected to something. It is connected to your strength. So let me even back it up a little bit further. Truth be told, the enemy is not after your joy. He's after your strength. The, gen- the, the enemy is after your power. So, so, yes, it could seem like he's trying to steal your joy, but what he's actually trying to steal is he's actually trying to steal your strength. Because watch this. If Satan can't steal your salvation, which we know that he can't, then he will do everything he can to steal your strength. If he can't steal your salvation, he will try to steal your strength. You can still be a Christian. You'll just be a weak one. You can still be a Christian, but you'll be a depressed one. You can still get to heaven, but you, you'll, you'll, you'll be begging to go to heaven because you won't be enjoying life at all. I mean, no, the enemy is after your strength, and your strength is attached to your joy. And so it's time today for us to tell the enemy, the title of my message today is, You Can't Have My Joy. Come on, everybody say that with me. You can't have my joy. Now look at somebody next to you and say, You can't have my joy. Now look at the person that you didn't really like, that you didn't want to say that to, and say, I definitely wasn't giving it to you either, so <laughs> you, can't, you can't have my joy, all right? This is, God, Jesus says, it's my joy, I'm giving it to you, I hope it remains in you, and then I hope that you have it to the full, but there is an enemy that's after it, but he's not after the joy, he's actually after the thing that's behind the joy, he's after your strength, because if he can get your strength, watch this, if he can get your strength, he can take you out. So the way that he gets to your strength is he gets to your joy, then he gets to your joy, he can take you out. And so for those that are here and your joy tank is low, I bet your strength is also low too. I bet you don't feel as close to God. I bet you don't feel strong in the Lord because your joy is attached to your strength. And whatever you possess, you must protect. Whatever you possess, you must protect protect. So let's dive into this today. Three ways to protect your joy. Three ways to protect your joy. Write this first one down. If you want to protect your joy, then you've got to prioritize God's presence. You've got to prioritize God's presence. Go with me to Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, and look what it says. It says, you make known to me the path of life And in your what? Come on, in your what? Come on, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Here it is again. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Many of us are settling for partial joy. Not fullness of joy, but partial joy because we are not prioritizing his presence. The enemy steals your joy Not by making you bad, but by keeping you busy. I'm going to say that again. The enemy steals your joy not by making you bad, but by keeping you busy. Because watch this. If you and I are busy, I mean, you go and you ask people. Now, when you used to ask people, hey, how you doing, they used to say fine. Now, when you ask people how they're doing, they'll say, man, I'm just busy. I'm just busy, man. It's just, just a lot that's going on. But have you ever noticed this? Watch this. Busy lives lead to hurried hearts. And watch this. And hurried hearts lead to joyless lives. Busy lives lead to hurried hearts. And hurried hearts lead to joyless lives. It's, it's, they're, they're attached in our lives. Have you ever noticed? Take for a moment here. Let me, let me prove this to you. Have you ever noticed how you feel emotionally when you are in a hurry? How many of you, okay, don't raise your hand right now, but just think, how many of you were in a hurry to get to church today? Okay, if you were in a hurry, are you in a hurry to get to school? Are you in a hurry to get to work? What is the emotional condition of your soul in that moment? Are are you peaceful, calm, all's well? Everything's good, polite to everybody. Don't be saying, don't be saying yes, and then your husband's looking at you going, mm, I don't think so. Hurried hearts 
lead to joyless lives. I, people who are always in a hurry seem to never actually enjoy the moment. They never enjoy the people they're with. They never enjoy the things that they're going on because they're just always in a hurry. We are so preoccupied with the things that we have to do that we're actually never present. And when you're never present, you don't get to enjoy the present moment that you're currently in. And this verse tells us that it's in his presence that there is fullness of joy. So watch this. In order to find joy in his presence, I have to bring my presence. In order to have joy in God's presence, I can't be in such a hurry that I don't have time to actually be with God. I've got to actually be with God if I want to get the joy that he has for me. So here's, here's the question. For those in here, your joy tank is low. Question, when is the last time you were in God's presence unhurried? Like two minutes in the Bible and out. I'm talking about like sitting just for a moment in God's presence to say, God, I, I need you today. I want you today. God, thank you. Just giving a heart of gratitude in front of when, When's the last time you were just present with God? I, let me ask this question. How many of you are actually present right now? And I'm not talking about just physically, but like present in the moment, taking it all in. Because how many know we can go to church and our mind can be somewhere else? Our mind can be on everything that we've got to do, and you're thinking through all the Christmas lists that you got to get through, and all these people that are going to be coming over your house, and all this stuff that I got to do, and we can be so, so everywhere else that we miss the moment of what God's wanting to do in this moment right here. And so if we want to experience this joy that God has for us, and we want to protect the joy that God has given us, then we've got to prioritize his presence. Why is this such a big deal? Think about the Christmas story. When the wise men heard about Jesus, the Savior of the world being born, the Bible says this. Watch what the Bible says. When the wise men heard about this Savior that was going to be born, it says, they said this question, where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to what? Worship. To worship him. Now watch the next verse. Watch Matthew 2, 11 now. And going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down, and they, and they worshiped him. And watch how they worshiped him. They opened their treasures and they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They, they worship not only in, in their praise and in their, their singing and in their accolades, but they, they worshiped even in their giving as they gave. How many know when you meet Jesus, you don't just sing, you worship? When you get with Jesus, he does this thing on the inside, and I'm going to... I'll go as far as to say this. It's impossible to protect your joy if you are not developing the spiritual discipline of worship. The spiritual discipline, by the way, is a spiritual exercise that makes you spiritually strong. Any spiritually discipline that we do, that discipline's not a word that we really enjoy doing, but discipline is something that we do that makes us spiritually strong, meaning this, that I can't wish strength on me. Meaning, like, if you want to cut weight, if you want to get strong, I can wish that all day long. I can wish upon a star. How many know if I don't get in the gym, it ain't happening? How many know if I don't push Popeyes away, it ain't happening? Come on, king cake. Oh, Jesus. It's holiday time. But I can wish it all day long. I could wish it all day long. But I've got to actually do something. I've got to do an exercise that builds strength in me. So, so when we worship, and I'm not just talking about singing. I'm talking about the Bible says that we can worship with our lives. You can worship as you work. You can worship as you eat. You can worship as you parent. You can worship as you drive. You can worship in, in so many ways. Worship is a, is a lifestyle. It's not just about singing songs. Worship is a lifestyle of how we live our life according to the king. And when you worship, watch this, when you worship, Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, he brings the gifts that he has for you. So that's why it says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. When, when I worship, when worship goes up, 
Jesus shows up, and when Jesus shows up, what he has, he gives to us. Now, you might say, well, isn't, isn't God with us everywhere? Yes, he is. So we know that, that there is no, no valley too low that Jesus isn't with us. God's presence isn't with us. We know this, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. But that is called the omnipresence. Omnipresence, meaning God is everywhere at all times with all people. That is his omnipresence. But watch this. There is a difference, though, because this says when I get into his presence, there is fullness of joy. It's not speaking of omnipresence. It's speaking of the manifest presence of God. There's two totally different things. Let me explain it this way. Imagine someone comes to your house, or imagine you, you go to somebody else's house. And you knock on the door, and they say, come on in. And maybe they got like one of them like video ring things, and they're like, come on in. And you open the door, and you come into the house. Question, are you in their house? Yes. But I want you to watch this. But let's say they're off in their bedroom getting changed. Are you in their presence? Yes and no. You're there together. They're there with you but they're not with you. But when you say their name, hey, I'm here, and then they walk into the room, I mean, no, now they are currently present with you in the room, and whatever they have, they can give to you because they're in the same room with you. The omnipresence of God is, yes, God is with us. Yes, we're in the same house with him. But how many know when we say his name, he steps into the room and whatever he has, he gives to you because now he's in the room with you. This is why it's so important, by the way, that I think that corporate worship and corporate gatherings, the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, he's here with you. It's not talking about omnipresence because he's always with you. What is he talking about? The manifest presence of God shows up and his spirit is there and whatever he has for you, he can give you in that moment because he is there tangibly with you. And so this says that in your presence there is fullness of joy, and I love this because whatever he has, he can give to you. You can benefit from being in his presence, and worship becomes this great exchange of what happens. So can I encourage you to prioritize his presence? Prioritize listening to his still small voice this holiday season. Prioritize spending time with him in the word and in prayer. Prioritize being with spiritual family. Prioritize getting into the habit of being with his people and with his presence. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. So for letting the enemy steal it, it's because we haven't prioritized his presence. Number two, we've got to choose his perspective. You want to protect your joy this Christmas? You've got to choose God's perspective. Joy is a point of view. It's a way of looking at things. Let me, let me prove it to you. James chapter 1 says it this way. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, other translations say various trials, when they come your way, all these different troubles are coming after you. Watch this. Consider it an opportunity for what? For great joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Meaning when trouble comes your way, you can consider it multiple ways. James is telling us, James is the brother of Jesus, by the way. James got a front row seat to see Jesus and live his life. He got, to, he got a front row seat to see Jesus model this because trouble came all of Jesus' way. And he got to see Jesus model what it was to, to look at every trouble that comes my way as an opportunity for great joy. Well, why would that happen? Why would you consider any trouble? Great joy. I lost my job. Well, let's consider it great joy. I lost my family. Great joy. I lost a family member. Great joy. That doesn't make sense. Why would I consider that an opportunity for great joy? Why would I consider the things that I'm walking through great joy? Verse 3 says, for you know that when your faith is what? Is tested. I mean, you know when trouble comes, there's a test that comes. How many of you used to hate when your teacher would say, all right, everybody put your books down and pull out a piece of paper? How many of you would hate it when that happened? Pop quiz. Pop quiz. 
You're like, oh, God. Pop quiz. Okay. There's a lot of pop quizzes that we get in the faith. He says, you're going to get tested. Pop quizzes are coming. You should know this. And the reason you should know this is because not only is your faith tested, but your endurance has a chance to grow. Something's happening that's on there. So verse 4 says, so let it let it go, grow, let it grow. Okay, terrible, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Which, by the way, I don't think this happens until we get to glory. There is no person that ever gets to the place where I'm like, I'm perfect. I mean, as soon as you say that, you're not perfect anymore. Now you're, now you're proud, okay? So... Perfect and complete, that, that God is growing us in such a way. Now, what it's telling us is we don't find joy in troubles. We find joy in the outcome of what the troubles produce. How I many you know it's very different to go through pain with purpose than it is to go through pain without purpose? Watch, let me, let me give you for example. So, like... If my middle son Judah, who weighs about, I don't know, 95 pounds, 100 pounds, if my middle son Judah was to jump on my back, unbeknownst to me, and come and jump on my back, and, and I would feel at that moment like every disc in my spine just went out of alignment. I mean, so that is very different than when if I was to put 95 pounds on a bar and squat it, that would be a warm-up weight. There's two totally different things because one I was prepared for, one I was ready for, one I chose to walk through, one I understand that there's a purpose for this 95 pounds on the back. The other was a surprise. The other one threw me into a tissy fit, okay? Did I say tissy fit? I did say tissy fit. That's my grandmother right there. That's my grandmother coming out. Anybody, whoever said tissy fit? Okay, two people. Okay, I'm sorry. Your view of me changed. I apologize. So it, it, it makes me so upset. Both, both are weights on my back, but very two different ways that I'm viewing it. One, I, I understand the purpose and the outcome of the weight that's on me. Another one was a, was a surprise to me. James is saying, hey, listen, when troubles come your way, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. They're going to come your way. When they come, consider it an opportunity for great joy because God is using it. Pain with a purpose is so much better than pain without a purpose. Because when you have pain with a purpose, you can go through anything. Because watch this, joy is more about your focus than it is your feelings. It's more about what you're focusing on in the moment than what you're feeling in the moment. In the, in the financial world, you know, uh, there is a thing called a, a profit and loss. Anybody that's in the financial world understands there's a document that you can do. I have Bridget do this for the church every month. We take a look at it together as we look at the profits and losses. Profits and losses are simply this. There's a column for income, and then there's a column for expenses, for the losses, okay? I, I think what God is telling us here is that there are some things that you have put in your life in the loss column, and if you could figure out a way to put it from the loss column to the profit column to realize that it actually wasn't a loss, it was actually income to you. It was something that was actually a deposit in your life. You saw it as a loss, but God says it wasn't a loss. It was actually an income to you. If we could flip the script and go from a loss to a profit and realize that everything that I've walked through, God is using it to develop me. God is using it to, to, to put something inside of me. God is using it. So what you looked at as a loss, God said, no, 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 that was actually a gain. And some of you in your life, you are where you are today, not through the, the, the wins in your life, but through what looked like losses that became wins. What you looked at that you thought was a lost job, God was actually using to set you up for the next job. What you thought was a heartbreak was God actually saving you from your heart getting broken even more. What you looked at and said that was a loss, God said, no, that was a gain. And you've got to choose to look at it through that of an opportunity of great joy. How many losses in our life have we put in the loss column that God's wanting us to put in the profit column? You look at the things in your heart and you go, man, this is hard. This is rough. This is what's going on. And so the, the lens that we look at 
I think is kind of the difference of the lens of gratitude and the lens of grumbling. Count it all joy when you go through various trials. The lens of gratitude. And let, watch, let me prove it to you. I'll prove it like maybe this happened this morning. So I want you to imagine the difference of what it could happen. So let's say you woke up this morning and uh, your alarm goes off. And you're like, oh. He goes, and then you go get out of bed and you're like, oh, my back. My back hurts. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, it's church. Hey, it's church. Let's go, y'all. It's church. It's church. And you go down and you, you go to get breakfast and you open up. And who drank all the milk? Who drank? There's, there's no milk. And now you got to drink oh, almond milk that's left. Got to drink this almond milk with my cereal. So you, you eat your cereal all grumbling, complaining with your back hurting, and now you got to drink almond milk cereal, and you're all upset. Then you, you're driving to church, and it's like slow because everybody's trying to get to church, and there's traffic everywhere, and it's like, oh, my God, why people hurry up, let's go. And then they finally get in, and the, the parker makes you park all the way out there, and you got to walk through these crazy rocks all the way to get to this church. Then you get to the church, and then you get to the OSC kids, and then the OSC kids line's going out the door, and you're like, Dear goodness, I just want to get, get my kids in, and worship's already going on, so I'm late to worship, and then I finally get in here. Then I walk in here, and there's nowhere to sit, and the usher's like, you can go sit over here in the front. You're like, I ain't sitting in the front. I ain't sitting in the front. I, ain't, I got here because I sit in the back. That's what I do. I sit in the back, but all the backseat people were here a little earlier than you, so they're already in the back, and so you're all upset, and then you come, and then worship's going on. It's all Christmas carols. You're like, I hate Christmas carols. When are these Christmas carols going to be over? I'm tired of us doing these Christmas carols all the time. And then I stand up and I'm like, hey, we're in part three of joy. And you're like, joy again? Are you serious? <laughs> Thought this was about Jesus. Did y'all feel the joy just get sucked out of the room? Okay, let's flip the script here. Let's flip the script. Let's imagine from the grumbling to the grateful. Alarm goes off, back starts hurting again, y'all back. But it's just a reminder that you didn't die in your sleep. So I'm still awake and I still got breath in my lungs and I go downstairs and I open up the fridge and there's no milk. What in the world? Hey, but somehow they found udders on an almond and so now they've got oh, almond milk. And so, <laughs> come on, I don't know. I don't know where this milk comes from. Oat milk. Y'all ever seen this? Crazy. Where do these udders come from? But you're like, you know what? Hey, praise God. We got almond milk up in here. So at least, at least it's healthy. Maybe. And then you're driving here, and then it's all traffic and all crazy, and you, and you know what? Oh, you know what? That just gives me more time to worship in the car, get my heart ready, get ready to come to church. And then, then I get up into this parking lot, and then I can't find a spot, but I got some really nice parkers. And, man, these guys are amazing. They've been here since 730, making sure that I got a place to stay. And then I walk in, and the kids' line is huge. And I'm like, oh, my God, look, all these kids that are about to go and meet Jesus. How incredible is this that all these kids are now going to do? And I walk up in there, and then they're, they're, they're wanting me to come in and sit up in the front. And I'm like, well, you know what? Praise God. At least there is at least one seat that's left for me. And, hey, thank God God's house is full, and all these people are here to hear Jesus and be a part. And then they start singing Christmas carols, and I'm like, I'm not really big on Christmas carols, but these talk about Jesus, and I'm thankful for this worship team that got here at 7 o'clock this morning to lead me into the presence of God, and Pastor Josh got up and started preaching on joy, and you're like, come on, I need some more of this in my life. Can you bring it? I want some more of that. Y'all see how it just changes? Just changes. Because you and I get the opportunity to choose how we're going to view everything that we walk through. And if I can just help pastor us through this, the church and Christians have not been the best about talking about the hardships of life. We complain right next to the next person. We grumble with the next person. We murmur with the next person. But how crazy would it be to see a Christian that's full of joy that says, you know what, it is hard. Life is hard, but God's good. Life is hard, God's good, God's with me, God's for me. Yeah, it's not what I want. Yeah, it's not what I would like things to go through. But imagine what would it look like if you start looking at, looking at your bills that way. Man, I don't know how we're going to pay this, but hey, praise God, God's always been my provider. I don't know how it's going to happen, but maybe he's trying to teach me something here about how to trust him, how he, can, how he can be my provider. And then maybe when you're struggling in your health right now, and yeah, it's a really hard time, but you know what? You woke up today with breath in your lungs, and you're not dead yet, so if you're not dead yet, you're not done yet, and God's got something for you. Are y'all with me? I know it's a hard season. I get it. I get it. But I'm telling you, based off of the way that you choose to focus and what you choose to focus on, whatever you focus on, you become more of. 
And so I want to challenge us as followers of Jesus that if we are connected to Jesus, if his spirit lives in us, if he's got joy in us, you want your joy to remain in you, you're going to have to choose God's perspective. You're going to. If not, the enemy will steal anything that God is doing inside of you. I want you to write this down. With joy, you can take on life. Without joy, life takes on you. With joy, man, you can take on life. You can take on life. But without joy, man, life just beats you up. It, come, it comes after you. Number three, last one. We've got to trust God's promises. You want the enemy not to steal your joy this Christmas? You're going to have to prioritize his presence. Hey, before you go get in the presence of those people who just annoy you, you might need to go spend some time with Jesus. You might need to know, go, go, go get with him for a little bit. Let him fill you. Let him refresh you. Let him speak to you. He's going to give you some joys and give you some strength to get through this holiday. Some of you, it's just the holidays, you despise the holidays. It's hard. I get it. It's not as joyful. I get it. However much more we need to be in God's presence, how much more we need to be choosing God's perspective in this season, and however much more we need to be trusting in God's promises. Romans 15, verse 13 says this. I'm going to wrap it up. Here it goes. I pray that God, who is the what? Come on, let's say it. Who's the what? The source of hope. The source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace. And here's why. Because you trust in him. So you don't trust in your money. You don't trust in your job. You don't trust in relationships. You don't trust in the situations. No, no, no. I, I trust him. And because I trust him, he fills me with complete joy. And when that happens, not only does he fill me with complete joy, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The more I trust him, the more he fills me. The more I trust him, the more he fills me. Ready? Watch. I'm going to end with this. Here we go. You can have as much joy as you want because you can have as much Jesus as you want. You can have as much joy as you want because you have as much Jesus as you want. And they're a package deal. You get more of Jesus, you get more joy. So if you're lacking joy, you're probably lacking Jesus. You can have as much as you want. If we trust in him, we say, God, I, I commit this to you. God, it's not an easy season. God, it's been a hard season. God, it's been a hard year. It's been a hard 22 months. God, it's been a hard life. But God, I just trust you. I trust you. God, I know you're working things out for my good. God, I know you're good. It doesn't look good, but God, I know you're good. And God, I just, I, I trust that your promises. This, this uh, next verse that, that I'm going to read to you is a, was what Jesus told his disciples right before he was about to go to the cross. It's like the final. John 16, John 17, it's what we call the high priestly prayer. It's the prayer that he prays over his disciples, knowing that, that there's going to come a moment where he's going to go to the cross and they're going to doubt everything that he's done for the last three years because it's going to look like it's all over. And then also knowing that one day soon he's going to be ascending, he's going to leave them, and he knows that trouble is going to come their way. Many of them are going to be martyrs for their faith. They're going to die for their faith. And so Jesus, as he comes to the end of his life, goes, man, I've got to make sure that the enemy doesn't steal what I've been in investing in these men for three years. And so he says this to them in John 16, verse 22. He says this, so you have sorrow now. You have sorrow now. And I want to speak this right now over every person that's here. Maybe it's been just that sorrowful season. You have sorrow now. Jesus does not negate the fact that there is really sorrow. He's not just a, hey, let's just act like it's not there. No, he says, no, you have sorrow now. There's sorrow. But I will see you again, and then you will. Come on, then you will. Rejoice and watch this. Here we go. And no one can rob you of that joy. 
No one can rob you of that joy. Listen, the haters can't take your joy. That spouse can't take your joy. That argumentative child can't take your joy. Come on, that coworker can't take your joy. Come on, that bank can't take your joy. A president can't take your joy. Omicron can't take your joy. Decepticon can't take your joy. <laughs> no one can take your joy. Your past mistakes can't take your joy. No one can take your joy because they didn't give it to you in the first place. We trust the Lord. We trust the Lord, we trust the Lord, we trust the Lord. So man, can I just speak a word over our church today? Those that are watching online, if you have allowed the enemy to take your joy, it's time today you say, you can't have my joy. I'm taking back what is mine. I'm taking back what is mine. Don't give him license for the ability to take what's, what is yours. Jesus says, hey listen, you're gonna have sorrow now. I'm about to go to a cross. I'm about to give my life. You're going to watch one of the most sorrowful moments. But there's going to come a moment. This is what we celebrate in Advent, by the way. Advent is the arrival. It's the arrival of Jesus' birth, but it's also the expectation of the arrival of Jesus' second coming where he makes all things right. He wipes every tear from our eyes. And so listen to me, there is coming a day where Jesus will make all things right. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. He will give us no more pain, but he will replace our pain and our sorrows with joy. So today, listen, the great exchange, we get into his presence and it's the greatest exchange. I bring my sorrow and he gives me his joy. I bring my pain and he gives me his healing. I bring my addictions and he brings me freedom. I give him my anxiety and he gives me peace. I give, come on, it's the greatest exchange that happens on the planet. And no one, no one can rob you of that joy. No one, no one. But today, as we wrap up this series, I, I pray that you understand that Jesus has joy for you. Not partial joy, but full joy. Overflowing joy. Not that things will be always perfect or right, but that he wants to do something on the inside of you. But you get to choose. Listen, you don't get his presence unless you bring your presence. You also get to choose how you're going to view what you're walking through. Ready? The view is up to you. The view's up to you. Two people can look at the same thing and see it two different ways. One full of fear and one full of faith. The view's up to you. And you get to choose whether or not you're gonna just trust God and his promises. God, I just trust you. Or are you gonna trust in yourself to produce in you what you could never produce in yourself anyways. Father, we love you. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus down to this earth and he modeled what it was to be a man full of joy, full of the Holy Spirit. God, he not only modeled it for us, he also gave us the gift now of the Holy Spirit so that we could be filled and overflow with this same joy. I pray for those that are in this house right now that their joy tank is low. I wanna do this, if, if you're in this room or if you're watching online and you just say, Pastor Josh, I know my joy tank is low right now. If that's you, I wanna know who I'm praying for. Would you just slip your hands up all across this room if that's you, come on, hands going all up. If you're online right now, just let us know. Man, that's, that's me, speaking to me. God's speaking to me. If that's, if that's you, would you now lift both hands? Come on, this is a moment. This is our moment. Lift both hands right here where you are. And I'm just gonna pray just that the Spirit of God, not only in this moment, but over the course of this next two weeks as we come into this holidays, that, that God would just begin to impart his joy in you. God, restore in us the joy of our salvation. Restore in us the joy of our salvation. Father, I pray for all those that have hands raised right now. You know what they're walking through in this life. You know what the enemy has used to, to, to steal and rob the joy that you've given them.
But I pray right now by the Spirit of God that the joy and the strength of the Lord would return to your people right now. Return to them. Fill them. Refresh them. Got to pray, pour out your Spirit upon them. Would you just right there with your hands raised, just say, God, I receive it. Come on, let's just, this, we receive this joy. God, I receive it. God, I receive the gift that you give us. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit that's here. You can put your hands down. I want to pray for those that are in this room. That if you're honest, you, you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. You've been doing things your own way. And right now, I don't even have to tell you because life has, has, has its way of, of beating us up. Life has a way of, of, of draining all of that out of us when we do things for self. One of the great things about joy is that when Jesus shows up and he brings joy, one of the greatest joys that we have is the joy of salvation, the joy that I am a son or daughter of the king. And today, I'm, I'm here just to remind you that God has made you, God's created you, God fashioned you to be one of his sons or daughters. But because of the brokenness of this world that we live in and the broken sinful nature that we have on the inside of us, we, we, we don't submit to that. We try to do our own things. We try to make ourselves the master of our own lives. The Bible says that that sin separates us from God, distances us from him. But Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life as a ransom so that he could forgive you of your sins. He could give you a relationship with God, the Father. He could give you a purpose on earth, but also so that he could have his kingdom come on this earth through you. God doesn't want to just get you to heaven. He wants to get heaven to you. And today, if you're like, I, I want that. I, I want forgiveness of sins. I want a, I want a new start. I want, I want God just to wipe this shame and this guilt away. He'll take it. That's what he did on the cross. It is the greatest exchange that ever happened in human history. It's the greatest gift exchange that ever happened in history. If you're ready to hand over your shame and your guilt, let Jesus hand over his righteousness and the grace gift that he wants to give you. On the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Pastor Josh, would you, would you pray for me? That's, that's my moment. And, and we're going to pray a prayer together. One, two, three. If that's you, going up all across this room. Come on, his hand's going up all over. Thank you. Somebody over here in the back on the right, over here on the left. If you're online right now, that's me. If that's you and you just raised your hand, I, I, I want to lead you in a prayer. There's nothing special about this prayer. This prayer doesn't save us. It's, it's the posture of our heart, though, that's in this prayer that, that does. The Bible says if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that he'll come and live on the inside, he will save us. So would you just make this confession with your, with your mouth and let's believe this with my heart. You say, dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. My sins have separated me from being in relationship with you. But you loved me so much that you came as the Son of God on this earth to live a life of perfection. You were my substitute. On the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt and you died for it to win me back, to forgive me of sins, to give me a new start. So today, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. You direct my path from this day forward. Holy Spirit, fill me today. Give me your joy, your peace, and your love that you promise. From this day forward, I live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, OSC family, let's celebrate with so many. Come on. Congratulations to those who, who not only just said that prayer, but you really meant that. It wasn't just a prayer, but it's really the desire of your heart. What I love about Jesus is that when we, when we can just say something as simple as help, and God shows up. I don't know about y'all, I can feel his manifest presence in this room. He is here. I believe he's, he's speaking. 
And I, and I love how he just speaks to us and whispers to us. And I want to encourage you in this holiday season to, to press in, to just want to know God more. Press in to wanting to say, God, whatever you have for me, I, I want. Uh, hey, how many know the greatest gift you can get at the end of 2021 is to know Jesus intimately? to hear his voice as we come into 22. I mean, y'all got some things you just want to leave in 2021. You don't want to bring into 2022. Just saying, we're going to leave that here. We're going to leave that here. The Bible says all things become new. So we celebrate that with you. If you, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a, uh, uh, the resources, we, we have someone in the back. We'd love to get you a Bible and a plan. We have our daily devos that we do every day that, that you could subscribe to and get the word of God in you on a daily basis. But thank you so much for... Uh, for being honest and raising your hands today. Uh, all of heaven is rejoicing today. Come on, all of heaven is rejoicing. We rejoice with you. Hey, as you um, get ready to give, you want to go ahead and, and pull your giving out, your generosity. I just, again, want to say thank you for the incredible generosity of this house. Thank you for how you bless people. Thank you for how you do things beyond, behind the scenes that no one knows in your generosity. This is an incredible time for us to be generous. Today is uh, the last Sunday we're together for you to give in person in church outside of Christmas Eve. Um, but if you are looking to give for year end, uh, you have to get it in before December 31st if you want it to be applied to your year end giving for this year. So just as a reminder for that, many people wait to the end of the year for taxes and things. So that is uh, your time now to do that. You can do it in this service. You can mail it during the week. Just got to be postmarked by the 31st. Uh, we will have two more services before the end of the year, and that is, of course, our Christmas Eve service that's coming up on December 24th. That is coming up this Friday. We're gonna have a 3.30 service and a five o'clock service. And uh, this is a very special one hour service. It's one hour. We get you in, we'll sing some Christmas carols. Uh, we will have communion together. And then we're gonna do our special candlelight time at the end as we, uh, as we sing together. It's such a, it's an incredible moment for your family. How many of you have family coming in for Christmas? How many of you have family coming in for Christmas? How many of you, you are going out for Christmas? You're leaving for Christmas. Okay, so if you have family that are coming in, uh, invite them to come and be a part. What a great opportunity to get them to come to church. You just say this, hey, listen, you just can't come to my house unless you come to church with me. Just put stipulations. I'm kidding, don't do that. That might not go too well, but... Uh, I, I, uh, I, hope that, I hope you bring people. We're going to pack this house out. I will encourage you to get here early um, because it is a, a very packed service. And if so if you want, get here early with your family and have that. And then last is next Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, we will not be here in person, okay? So just let everybody know. We will not be here in person. We're going to have church at home next Sunday. So we want, we're giving all of our dream team off next Sunday. And, uh, and so we're giving everybody off for them to be at their home. But this week, we filmed all of that service this week. All of our pastors are going to be sharing a little bit. You're going to hear stories of what God's done this year. Uh, it's going to be a real special online service. So that'll be happening uh, at church at home at uh, 9 o'clock. And so we'd love for you to, to jump on Facebook or YouTube or our website and be a part of that service next weekend. So, hey, stand together, and uh, let me pray over you. I'm going to invite our prayer team up here. If you need any prayer before you leave today, let, uh, let us pray with you before you leave. Father, we love you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for this service, and thank you for your people. I pray now that you would bless them as they go out, as they go and, and uh, be with family this, this week, as they go, and uh, God, just celebrate this time uh, that is off. I pray that your presence would be filled with them. I pray that they would hear your voice and you would use them mightily this week in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. hey, we love you.